welcome to the Unstuck Your Life podcast. I'm your host and life coach, Pamela Hughes. Every week, we're going to start to wiggle loose in area of your life that has got you stuck. Hello, hello. Today, we're talking about modern emotional and mental health. And I love the idea of talking about emotional and mental health in terms of what is modern in today's age, because frankly, so much has changed. So much has changed from when you and I were growing up. And I know like every generation talks about this, like, oh, I remember when I was growing up and they pretty much finish that whole story with, now get off my lawn. That is not what this episode is about. It's about perspective and how things have changed. I mean, they've changed a lot over the last few years, let alone over the last few decades. And I mean, the fact that I'm even talking about my life in decades right now is kind of scary to me, but I guess it's better than the alternative, right? You know, I try not to spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror of my past, of my life, because... I believe what's done is done. So I get to choose what I want to think about what has happened in my life, take the best of it and move forward, leave all the crap and the rest behind. I'm much more of a forward, future-focused kind of person because I know that that's what I have the most control over and, and that's where I'm going. But there are times when dipping into the past is a worthy experiment. And I think that, frankly, like this is one of those times. So if we're going to look at where we are now with the modern emotional and mental health and how it has changed, well, we got to take a look at where we have come from in order for some context. So I know that you guys are aware of a lot of these changes. You've either lived through them like I did, or maybe you're a little younger and you heard your parents talk about them or you've seen them on TV. But again, I think going to the past and just seeing how things once were helps to get a perspective as to where we are now. So I grew up in in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania in the 80s, and more precisely, a rural town called Cranberry Township. It's not so rural today. It's kind of a bustling metropolis, if you will. But back then, we were talking about one stoplight and a Kmart, okay? Growing up, my dad worked in the steel mill. Again, I told you we're from Pittsburgh, right? It only is fitting that he worked in the steel mill. And my mom, well, she stayed home with my sister and I. When I was about four, my dad, he got laid off from the steel mill, and my mom went back to work. Now, looking back now... I can see how my parents struggled, but back then when I was young, I mean, I was absolutely oblivious to it. I thought all families got free cheese from the church, and that cheese made like one hell of a grilled cheese sandwich too, let me tell you that. When we would go to the grocery store, my mom would buy the uh, the canned goods, the cans where the labels had fallen off of them because they were cheap and because you didn't know what you were actually buying. I loved those labelless cans. Because my mom made them special. Every evening before supper, she would tell my sister and I to go pick out a can for dinner. And my sister and I would run into the laundry room, pick out a can and start shaking it, trying to guess what was inside. It was a game. I mean, it was a game. They turned it into a game. It was fun. It was what we did. And it's actually, you know, one of my favorite memories from growing up. Something so simple, right? Well, my dad, he knew that the steel mill wasn't going to open up again. So he went back to school and kind of reinvented himself. He learned computer programming and soon began working in an office for a construction company. Now, I'm not going to sit here and give you my entire childhood upbringing, but I want to like offer this to you because it seemed life was so much slower, a bit easier back then. And again, maybe every generation feels that way. We got a newspaper delivered to our door every day. My dad would read that newspaper in the morning with a cup of coffee before heading out to work. 
When my parents left the office at 5 p.m., they left the office entirely. There weren't any emails, no text messages, no phone that kept them tethered to their job when they were at home with my sister and I. I say that because, I mean, boy, how times have changed, right? Now, I'm not saying that they were necessarily better then. The only thing constant in life is change, but it's important to point out how different they were for perspective and context. You see, we now live in an age where you don't need to be at the office to build your presentation. Heck, you don't even need to be at the office to give your presentation anymore. We can see what friends and family are doing practically any moment of the day, any time of the year, thanks to social media. As for our kids, well, we can track every movement and we can get practically anything and everything we want delivered right to our door whenever we want it, whether it be clothes, food, booze, even a car, you can get delivered these days. I mean, if you want a burger, fries, and a beer, you don't even have to get off your couch to get it. There's an app for that. In fact, there are several of them that'll deliver it right to your door. You no longer have to question if your kids are where they say they are because you can track them. That's both a blessing and a curse. And if you want to know how your daughter is doing in math class, then just pull up Infinite Campus or whatever grading app your school uses, and you can see in real time all of her assignments, all of her assignments, all of her grades, and there's no need to ask for a report card anymore. It, you get sent a notification when it's published on the app. You ever wonder what your friends, your family, your ex is doing right now? Well, you can log on to social media and find out. Now, I say all of this because all of these modern conveniences, like I've said, are both a blessing and a curse. We can see how they're benefiting us, but they also have this massive impact on our modern emotional and mental health. Okay, so I keep using that term, modern emotional and mental health. What does that even mean? Well, chances are you've never even considered that question, which is super interesting to me because beyond your physical health, The next most important thing should be your emotional and mental health, but so few of us actually treat it that way. Give it that same kind of respect, love, and attention. All right, so what does it mean to have emotional and mental health in this modern day and age? Well, it means that you are in control of your thoughts, your behaviors, and your actions. That you can navigate the challenges and the struggles that life throws at you, keep that perspective in mind, and then bounce back from it. What do you think of that? Do you feel like you're in control of your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions? If not, then I just invite you to ask, like, what's standing in your way? What do you think is preventing you from navigating the challenges of life and then bouncing back from them? Well, you know what? So many of us have never learned how to do this. We never had an example of someone who lives this way, so we don't have a frame of reference as to what it actually looks like. And you know what? That's okay. There's absolutely no judgment here, none at all. I just think it's important to point out and for you to notice that, that your emotional and mental well-being is your responsibility. It is not for someone else to take care of. Because frankly, most people cannot take care of their own, let alone take care of yours or someone else's. So now that we know what modern emotional and mental health looks like, I want to point out what it does not look like. Because I also find it really interesting that when I ask someone what they think it is, they believe it means being happy all the time. What does it mean to have like emotional and mental well-being? Well, it's like you're happy. 
Ask anyone what they want in life, and most will say, I just want to be happy. Ask a parent, what do you want for your kids? Oh, I just want them to be happy. Just be happy. That's what we all think. I just want to be happy. You know what? I'm a parent, and frankly, I do not want my daughter to be happy all the time. That is not what I want for her. And that may strike you as odd. Let me explain. One, I'm used to being odd. But two, to be happy all the time means that you need to be happy when things don't go your way. If you're going to be happy all the time, you need to be happy when bad things happen. If you're going to be happy all the time, then you need to be happy when you lose, when someone dies, when tragedy strikes. I don't want to be happy about those things, and I don't want her to be happy about them either. I want her to welcome the part of life that sucks and know that she can get through it. I want her to know that she's stronger than disappointment, stronger than frustration, stronger than dread. That whatever life hands her, that she'll be able to handle it. This is what I want for my daughter. Not to be happy all the time, but to know that when she's not, it's part of life. And she gets to choose what to do next about it. That she's in control. I want the same for you. I want this for her and I want this for you. Because if we raise kids and we learn not to be afraid of feeling bad, not to run away from the negative emotions, but to know that it's part of life and how to get through it, then our lives and their lives are going to be so much richer and fuller. You see, the idea that we should just be happy is a belief system that is causing so much emotional and mental pain. We think everyone else out there is happy. We don't have to look far to find it. We can go on Facebook, on Instagram, on Pinterest, wherever, and we can see everybody else smiling, living their best life, buying the new cars, the houses, going on the vacations, doing whatever it may be. There's not a wrinkle or cellulite in sight, and we think their lives are all happy and perfect. And then we think something's wrong with us when our lives don't look the same way. I just want to tell you that on social media, that's everyone's highlight reel. It's not reality. Keep that in mind. But don't beat yourself up if that's what you think, because that is what we've been told. We've all been taught that other people hurt our feelings. We ask kids, did little Joey hurt your feelings? We tell them, That hurt mommy's feelings. And it's no wonder that they grow up thinking that they're responsible for how other people feel and then give their power to people as well. You see, there's also this belief that other people make us happy. It's so interesting, right? We tell people, you make me so happy. Find a husband that makes you happy. Find friends that make you happy. Find a job that makes you happy. But here's the thing, folks. It is not the people. It is not the partner. It is not the position that makes you happy. It is how you think about it that makes you happy. And you have full control over your thoughts. We've also been conditioned to believe that our situations make us happy or sad. Like if we get good grades, we'll be happy. If we don't, we'll be sad. If we're rich, we're thin, we're successful, we'll be happy. If we're not, we'll be sad. I don't know about you, but uh, I know a lot of really pretty, skinny, miserable people. There are a lot of depressed, rich people and some lonely, successful people. But this is what our emotional education has been reduced to. If you've been listening to this podcast for any length of time, you've heard me talk about life being 50-50. It is 50% positive and it is 50% negative. I know so many of us want to renegotiate that and try to make it 80% positive and 20% negative because we want to feel better, right? But that's not how life works. You know what happiness feels like because you've experienced unhappiness. 
You know what joy feels like because you've experienced misery. You know what peace feels like because you've experienced stress. You need the opposite to experience life. That is the balance of life, the 50-50 of life, the duality of life. That is the human experience. It is not to be happy all the time. So take a deep breath. So when we're experiencing the half of life that is negative, that doesn't mean anything has gone wrong. It means you're living life. Take a breath. There can be a lot of relief in just realizing that nothing has gone wrong here. Allow that uncomfortable feeling to be there instead of running away from it. So many people are uncomfortable with those negative emotions that we've never been taught how to process them. So we run from them. We hide. We distract ourselves from them by overeating, over drinking, overworking, over Facebooking, over shopping, fill in the blank, whatever it is. We seek pleasure to escape the pain. The problem with that is the pain is still there. You've just now added all the problems that come along with the extra food, extra alcohol, extra work hours away from the family, extra Amazon bills. You're piling on. And then the technological advances in the modern world allow us to pile on even more by comparing our lives to practically everyone else's lives on the planet. The iPhone has only been around since 2007. And look at how much has changed in that small window of time. Yes, I know that there are plenty of other phones out there beyond what Apple churns out, but it is the iPhone that I believe was a game changer because you no longer needed a camera. It was on your phone. You didn't need a video camera. It was on your phone. A newspaper? It was on your phone. A calendar? It was on your phone. A TV? It was on your phone. A bank? It was on your phone. A map? It was on your phone. You get the point. Growing up, my world consisted of my immediate family, my extended family, my neighborhood, my school. Nowadays, our world consists of the world. Instead of getting that newspaper delivered to the front door like I did when I was a kid, you can read any newspaper from anywhere in the world at a moment's notice, depending on the speed of the Wi-Fi where you're at. And instead of being influenced by your friends, your family, and your community, we're now being influenced by strangers who are actually called influencers. Think about how many people and their ideas you came into contact with when you were a kid compared to how many people and ideas your kids come into contact with today. It's no longer a community of people. It is the entire world. And while there are some truly amazing opportunities that can come from that, there is also a lot of stress and overwhelm because our brains don't know how to keep up with it. It's all happened so fast. It is on you to slow down, to clean it up, and to decide what's next. That is part of the modern emotional and mental health. That is why it is so important, more so now than ever before, to be in control of your thoughts, your behaviors, your actions, so you can navigate those challenges that life throws at you and keep perspective and bounce back from it. Whatever we resist persists. Whenever life doesn't go the way you want it to and you're feeling pretty crummy, then take a step back. Take a deep breath and know that you're experiencing the part of life that is negative, the 50% that is negative. Nothing has gone wrong. It's life. And in life, it's okay to cry. It's okay to be disappointed. It's okay not to be okay. Nothing's gone wrong. It's gone human. Life is 50-50. How you think, behave, and react when you're in the part that is negative is going to determine how long you stay there and what your experience of it is like. Modern emotional and mental health is not about judgment. It is about curiosity. Get curious about your thoughts, your feelings, your actions. Do you like the results that they're creating for you? And if not, why? 
What's standing in your way? Chances are it's your thoughts and how you're thinking. Modern emotional mental health starts with your thoughts, which it's great news because your thoughts are something that you have full control over. So take a step back, shut off the device, turn the light on upstairs in your brain and take a look around, see what is going on up there. Once you get to know what's going on in your brain, instead of reading and consuming what's going on in everyone else's brain, you can start to clean up your own mind. And that, my friends, is the first step towards modern emotional and mental health. I hope that helps. Until next time. Hey there, podcast listeners. If you're feeling stuck and you want to start wiggling loose, head on over to my website, PamelaHughesCoaching.com and sign up for a free session to see if life coaching is for you. Again, that's PamelaHughesCoaching.com. Hope to chat with you soon.